to the 44th Toronto International Film Festival. You lucky, lucky people. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is our 2019 Toronto International Film Festival coverage of Jojo Rabbit. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you this week or these next two weeks. So we we have been and will continue to be covering everything that we saw at TIFF this year. Um, one of the things that we were very excited about was this little film called Jojo Rabbit. Um, so we are here to talk about that. Uh, luckily, there is a trailer for Jojo Rabbit. So we are going to start by playing that for you. And then we're going to come back and give you guys a review. Here's Marshall Jojo. You're a top man. Prepare to leave the house. Today, you boys will be involved in such activities as war games, ah! ambush techniques, and blowing stuff up. I don't think I can do this. Was? Of course you can. When I was your age, I had an imaginary friend. Got me in so much trouble. Kids, it's time to burn some books. You're growing up too fast. Ten-year-olds shouldn't be celebrating war and talking politics. Hitler. I wish more of our young boys had your blind fanaticism. <laughs> Did you know Jews can read each other's minds? But how would you know if you saw one? They could look just like us. Hi. You know what I am? See? A Jew. Gesundheit. Sheesh, that was intense. What am I going to do? No idea. Got it! I will negotiate. Burn down the house and blame Winston Churchill. We'll negotiate. If I tell on you, you'll be in big trouble. They'll never win. Love is the strongest thing in the world. Your mother took me in. She's kind. She treats me like a person. You two seem to be getting on well. She doesn't seem like a bad person. I'm the enemy. You're not a Nazi. Jojo, you're a ten-year-old kid who likes dressing up in a funny uniform and wants to be part of a club. God. Nothing makes sense anymore. Yeah, I know. It's definitely not a good time to be a Nazi. All right, so that was the trailer for Jojo Rabbit. Um, it is a story of this young boy named Jojo, who is, uh, we'll call him an aspiring Nazi. Um, he really wants to grow up to be a cool Nazi and go work with the Nazis and do Nazi things. Um, not that he really knows what that means. And... Uh, during his, you know, sort of training, is injured and has to get moved from being a potential soldier to being like a postman. And one day when he's strolling around the home, he realizes that there is a young Jewish girl hiding in the walls of his house. And that throws into chaos everything he knows about who he is and who he should be. Stephen Miller, what did you think of Jojo Rabbit? I thought this movie was great in the most like silly, sweet, goofy way possible. <laughs> this was exactly what I wanted from Jojo Rabbit. And honestly, I'm a little bewildered at the kind of like lukewarm 
reception this movie is getting. I like, I don't know what other audiences wanted from this film. Yeah. Um, so to me, this is just a like, okay, it isn't the most biting satire all the time, but it, but it gets there. It, it has good, really dark moments. Uh, Rebel Wilson has a couple of them. Yeah. Um, but overall, this just has the kind of fun of like Mel Brooks, right? Like it reminded me very much of Springtime for Hitler, like yeah, Taika yeah. Waititi dressed up as this like incredibly campy version of Hitler that is just like, like, like he's stage projecting every time he talks. He's like completely over the top. He's and, wearing like half a fat suit almost. Like it's meant to sort of be a fat suit, but it's also not. It's yeah. just, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it It's all very, very, very silly. But at the core is a kind of heartfelt coming of age movie about a kid who is defaulting into a radical state that he hasn't really considered because he he's grown up in Germany that was at least like preparing for Nazi era, if not Nazi era. Like yeah. he takes propaganda for truth just the way that a kid might take like the existence of Santa Claus as truth. Um, and we kind of watch him slowly realize that the things he's learned about the the Jews, about the danger of the enemy, about the glory of his own people are not quite stacking up to the reality of the the life that he's actually living. Um, I mean, the the script can kind of read itself from there, right? Like, it, it is such a simple premise, but I think Taika Waititi just nails the, the emotions of it, the kind of tender, childlike, coming-of-age feelings, and he mixes that with a lot of great one-off jokes. Like, I, I think this movie is very laugh-out-loud funny. Yeah. Not primarily in the oh, a kid is a Nazi isn't that crazy way, but just in the the outlandish things that he has people in this universe do. I yeah. mean, this is all about kind of defanging hate by making all the people look like bumbling idiots. Um, and I, I think it worked brilliantly well. Like, I, I don't think this movie has massive staying power. It feels more like a, a light, enjoyable time at the theater than like a grand statement but I, I didn't need a grand statement. Like, this is Taika Waititi. I wanted Hunt for the Wilder People set in Nazi <laughs> Germany. And I, I feel like it, it totally that. delivered. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought this movie was great. So fuck the critics. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, so first of all, we should say that this did win the Audience Award at TIFF. Um, we... We actually didn't see it until after the voting was done, um, so we didn't. Our votes didn't factor into that, but we did. As soon as our screening was over, open our phones and see that it had been selected, and it was like, yeah, that makes sense because that was fucking awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed the film. I, I think that when the teaser first came out for it, I was extremely skeptical. Um, there were moments in, I mean, like every single time I see the trailer and they throw the knife at the tree and it bounces back and sticks in the kid's leg, I laugh every time that happens because little stupid jokes like that make because me laugh. Because you hate children. Yeah, because I hate children. Um, but I, I like, there were moments in the trailer that made me laugh, but it also felt like, okay, Taika Waititi is, uh, is Hitler. That's funny, I guess. I, I just, I wasn't really on board with it too much from the teaser. Um, when we saw the real trailer before It Chapter 2, I was like, oh, okay, this is a real movie now. Like, this actually has a plot and a story, and we're watching a transformation of a character um, who has to challenge his beliefs and things. I was like, I was like, okay, I'm actually really excited for this now. Like, before, I was kind of just like, I'm sure it'll be funny. I'll watch it. It'll be cool. Um, but then going into the festival, um, I was actually, like, pretty pumped to see how it turned out because I was excited for watching a real story set in this universe that is 
um, extremely uh, silly or satirical. And I, I think it did execute on on the story pretty well. I mean, obviously, it's it's from a child's point of view, so it can only go so deep. But I think when you're dealing with this sort of subject matter, you can go deep by staying surface level <laughs> in a way. Like, I think a lot of people, I've, I've heard some criticisms of the the humor in the film is not particularly biting. Like, they think that it's like, it's like, yeah, it's just, oh, we get that they're Nazis and they're bad. But I think that, like, some of the jokes, while being delivered in a very unbiting way, are really driving at sort of the extremities of what um, Hitler's regime was and, like, the really shitty, horrible things that happened. It does, it, it makes biting commentary while saying the lines as if they don't mean anything, yeah. which like adds like, it, it's almost like, sure, the joke is technically just up here, but because it's being so flippantly delivered, it kind of makes it more biting things. Even like, uh, there's a scene where they're trying to assign, I'm not even going to say it, but like there, there are, there are things that are just one-off jokes that are like, sure, if you understand anything about eugenics, like, that's actually a pretty, like, ooh, whoa, joke. Mm -hmm. But it's really just a silly visual gag, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that it's doing interesting things by, like, trying to make this joke and then set that aside, this boy who... I, I mean... But yeah, so the, the, the film's sort of opening time that we spend with the kid, we realize that he is sort of... He's sort of a, a runt of a kid, right? Who right. really wants to attain glory in Hitler's army. And he thinks that that will make him bigger than he really is. It's not that he specifically believes all these you know, tenets of the Nazi regime. He just wants to gain glory through a thing that he thinks will obviously provide him gl glory. So he has fictionalized an imaginary friend who is Adolf Hitler so that he can have praise from the person he idolizes for no other reason than he's the leader who makes decisions, right? right. Like, so there's there's an interest. This isn't this isn't a story of a person who was radicalized trying to become unradicalized. It's a person who wants to be radicalized, but doesn't really know what that means or 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 what that like requires of him. But just him going on trying to. It's just, I don't know. There, there's something interesting it's doing that's not just your simple, like, take a character and make them better. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't like Nazi version of Green Book. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it isn't. And, and I've heard it described that way. Like, we, we both have. And I'm honestly yeah. just kind of bewildered by that because this this is not a movie that thinks Nazism is up for debate. Like, yeah, I, I understand parallels to today. You could argue it is up for debate. But the context of showing actual Nazis in... World War II era Germany, it's taken as a given that like they are wrong. And whether we laugh at them or undermine them or make them be bumbling idiots, you know, whether whether we make them be terrifying or go the Black Klansman route and make them be more like incompetent. Yeah, yeah. It, it's taken for granted that we know they are the bad guys. And, and so I don't I don't understand the kind of belief that this is like being overly simplistic just because it isn't showing the atrocities of the Holocaust more like, yeah. it, I, I feel like that's all taken for granted. And, and I like too that, uh, in within the context of the story, obviously you would think if the kid has this opinion on, um, what should happen to the Jews, if he found one in his house, he would immediately just report them. But I love that within the narrative, he comes up with a reason why 
he can't tell anybody that she's there and she can't tell anybody that she knows that he found her. And yeah. like, there, there's a good dynamic at play there where it's everyone in the film has secrets and has their own things or their own goals or some people are really, really into what it is that they do. Like some of the bigger kids are really into like, yeah, let's murder stuff. And, and other people are just like, this is what we do. Um, Sam Rockwell has a pretty amazing character who is just like basically – he was sort of incompetent <laughs> and now he's stuck doing like this recruit stuff because of something that happened to him. Right. Um, and I, I just, I think there's so much playful energy in the film, but there is also some like messages below all this stuff and moments of like actual honest to God, like kind of like little gut punches yeah. here and there. Um, so yeah, I, I just thought it was a fantastic little gem of a film and it was way better than what I could have imagined just from that ori- original teaser. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, like, okay, it isn't particularly biting. That's true. But I do think the the visual gag of seeing Hitler as this sort of, like, prancing guardian angel type figure, the one who's motivating this little kid and acting in the way that the little kid would imagine him to act. Yeah. That's pretty funny. And I think, like, in 2019, like, it might be that the, the best way to tackle the more terrifying forces of our time is to laugh at them and acknowledge that there's a kind of like sad like stunted masculinity beneath it like like the idea that everyone who is serving in the nazi party are like little kids who just want to play dress up and feel important like i i haven't really seen that before like i I feel like that has a place in our satire like like we, we we've seen that sort of thing well, not not with the same context, but I mean, we, we've seen a lot of like American war films talk about like youth being sent off to war against their will and kind of having to fight. In this, we're seeing the opposite of that, where it's it's little kids who are gung ho and want to go out, and it's not portrayed like it is in American films, where you see this little like seventeen year old kid who's just scared shitless in a trench somewhere, and somebody's like, "We have to move, soldier," whatever, right? Like that sort of scene, which you see in every single American right. film. This is kids who like don't even have good weapons who are just charging full length into battle in a ridiculous way where they have no context for what it is that they're participating at all but they're like this is everything i've ever wanted yeah Yeah, like the young nick frost type kid is so great (laughs) in that scene it's pretty funny yeah I, i also think it just gets a lot of really good kind of ridiculous situational comedy bits like there's an extended scene where people have the handshake problem but with heil hitler like they all have to kind of yeah. rotely say heil hitler to each other like a bunch of people making awkward, awkward small talk around around the water cooler and i just yeah, yeah. little things like that like again they aren't that piercing but i do think they they are fresh like they, they come from a perspective that i haven't seen nazi germany portrayed before yeah at least not in a long time like can you remember the last movie that made fun of nazis i don't i don't really remember it <laughs> technically once upon a time in hollywood <laughs> yeah okay <sure>. fair <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i i think that it's it is i don't know i i think it's one of those things where it's like we all agree that we can do this now <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and uh yeah i just i just thought it was it was it was very clever at times when like it didn't even need to be, but it would just it would just it just went for it all the time. And yeah. I love that aspect of it. And, and I like you mentioned how Thomas and Mackenzie, the the Jewish girl in his building, how a situation arises where basically 
neither can acknowledge the existence of the other. And I like how that kind of makes her like another imaginary friend of his. She's like the angel on his shoulder to Hitler's yeah. little devil on his shoulder. And it's this kid just trying to rectify these two totally competing things that he's that he's a part of. And yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like for as many people... No. No, I, I don't want to go that far. There are plenty <laughs> of people out there who have very, very, very shitty beliefs and they will not change. But every day there are also, you know, kids being brought up on terrible media, on like terrible opinions, and they probably could change, right? They they are like Jojo where they are they're doing the thing that I they think makes them a man, that they think makes them like strong and worthy of following. And I do like the idea of a movie trying to go after that, trying to say like, hey, you don't have to do this. You know, you can just let go of that that desire to be the strong man and do something else with your life. Yeah. So, like, like I think it's timely. I think we have as many dumb, terrible people as we do any <laughs> other variety of terrible people. Well, yeah, like that. that's why I think it is deeper than people are giving it credit for, because I think it's purposefully shallow because if you made this extremely biting thing that was saying, like, look at you, person with bad ideas, um, you are a piece of shit, they're not going to be receptive to that message. And I think being more playful about it and couching it in this sort of situation where, like, you have things that seem more surface level allow you to not ignore the emotional side of everything and, like, maybe make you more receptive to taking in the message of this film because oh. it's not specifically beating it over your head. I, I agree with you. And also, oh, God, Chris, do you remember the last movie I said that about? <laughs> I don't remember. It, it was Green Book. Okay, nice. <laughs> well, what do we know about anything? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I do also want to say that Scarlett Johansson is quite good in this movie. I, I don't know if yeah. I've seen her in like a children's-ish movie before. And again, this isn't a kid's movie, but it yeah. it is played as a kid's movie, right? It's meant to have the lightness of a kid's movie. Well, I think she, honestly, I think her character is very much reminiscent of her character in Marriage Story. Hmm. Like the, the, the she likes to play sort of aspect of her. Like she is a very energetic, very good mother who sort of has her own sort of, I mean, it definitely seems like I don't know what she's doing. At, I mean, I know what she's doing at night, but there's also seems like some of the nights she's doing other things. <laughs> I, I, de I definitely think that there was somebody that she was out visiting some of the nights. Well, well, as far as Tiff overlaps go, I'm glad Thompson McKenzie does not seem anything like her character in, <laughs> in True History of the Kelly Gang. That is true. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's just, a, I, I know I'm overusing the word sweet, but this is just a sweet movie. Like it isn't ultra heavy. It isn't setting its aims at something incredibly ambitious it's taking advantage of the fact that it is going to have a rather large release it is gonna like have money behind it and it's gonna be telling a heartfelt story that for the target demographic i think is very subversive in its own way and like yeah i, I like that i appreciate that taika waititi like coasting after uh, thor ragnarok he could have done literally anything and what he did with all that goodwill is make a movie where Nazis are like bumbling idiots and a kid follows a fanciful prancing Hitler around as he teaches <laughs> him about life. Like, I respect that. I, I like that. I think it is a very singular vision and it, it fits with his sense of humor for me. Yeah. 
Cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, that's probably going to be the end. So we should just get to the verdicts then. Stephen Miller, if you're going to give this a must-see, reckon with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? I- I'm giving it a must-see. Like, th- this was not my favorite of the festival. Like, there are other harder-hitting movies that I think left a bigger mental footprint. But after all of the kind of heavy drama of the festival, watching this on the fourth day, it it just felt good. Like, like it's the kind of movie that feels good to watch. I don't think it really bungles anything. I think it, it commits to its vision the whole time. It is always funny. It is always light and endearing. And it, it's exactly what I wanted. So must see. I think you get what you pay for with this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought Jojo Rabbit was fantastic. I'm going to give it a must see as well. And, uh, you know, everyone should see it. Yeah. <laughs> Except for maybe if you're a Nazi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, then you but, should... I'm not even going to make the pun. <laughs> it's too obvious. You should not, not see not it. see it. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, that is going to bring us to the end of this review of Jojo Rabbit. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? People can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. That is uh, it for this episode. We still have more coverage of uh, the 2019 Toronto International Film Festival coming down the pipe. Um, we are back, though, and there are other new releases that are coming out. So We're going to do all of them. Yeah, so we're going to try to get a bunch of stuff out there. We'll have a review of Ad Astra um, and other things that are coming out in the coming weeks. <laughs> so stay tuned, and uh, yeah, we'll see you then. This is Canadian content. And it's time we take credit for it, starting now. Oh, oh. Canada!